God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity, you need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes, I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. And we back in this thing like we never left, okay? It's only been a week, but let me tell you something. I low-key missed you. It's getting close to the holidays. How y'all holding up? Everything all right? Speaking of missing something, though, have you noticed how much you've outgrown certain patterns and behaviors? I'm not talking about the ones that didn't require any sacrifice. I'm talking about the patterns that you grieved as you let that layer of you fall away. That's some grown woman growth. And when I talk about grown woman growth this girl Chiki's Rivera she's about to change your life you want to talk about grown woman growth she has gone through so many things things that I don't know if I would have survived at all and yet not only has she survived them she learned the lessons and she's sharing them with us so I want us to check in with her it's going to be an enjoyable enlightening empowering time that you don't want to miss let's evolve Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? You look beautiful. Thank you. So do you. How are you? Oh, thank you. I, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm. I, it's honestly, it's it's an honor. It's an honor and a blessing mm-hmm. to be here with you. And well, it would be awesome if I could be there. But speaking to you is awesome. So you thank know, you. I'm so we'll happy. take this. We'll take this. How was your holiday season? <laughs> It was it was really nice. It was quiet, but with the people that I needed to be with. So that was good. And you're amping up for Christmas. Any special plans? Uh, We're going to go to Mammoth. We're going to go to the snow. Okay. with my yeah, with my nieces and nephews. So that, that should be nice. I want to I want to be around some snow. I was thinking about this. I think we're going to go to Dallas for Christmas, but Dallas does not guarantee snow. So you have to enjoy that snow for me. Yes, I will. I definitely will take pictures. Okay, so at Woman Evolve this month, we're talking about reflection, right? It's December. It's the end of the year. It's when we begin to like really take inventory of like who we've become. What do you think has been like the greatest shift or change that you've had this year? The greatest shift or change? I would say for starters, my move. I just recently moved from my first home that I bought myself, it was in Silmar in the Valley. So when I first bought it, I was like, okay, this is for sure going to be where I am going to, you know, get married. And I'm going through a divorce right now. Unfortunately, Mm. I was going to have children. I never thought I was going to move from there, but circumstances changed. So moved. And that has been a big shift in my life that, and also um, coming to terms with maybe not being okay with my family for a while, my personal family. Yeah. Um, my, and yeah, my mom's siblings and stuff. So that has been a huge change for me. Um, I think those two, I, I have to say. <laughs> okay. So I know more about you than the people listening know, because we got to get to know you a little bit before starting the podcast, but you have accomplished a lot. You have experienced a lot. Can you tell us just what's your story? Thank you. Um, you know what? I'm better known. My name is Janae Marin, uh, but I'm better known as Cheekies. I have, yes, I have been through a lot. I am the daughter of the late Jenny Rivera. Uh, she 
My mother passed in 2012. She was mm. a very and still is a very famous and successful singer. Um, and I followed in her footsteps starting 2015. So, um, it's been a lot it was a lot of change i um when i experienced well um sexual abuse with my father he's now in jail now um he's, he's in jail for another what 17 years and when my mom passed uh, her and i had had a fallout we she had gotten upset and there was just a lot of a lot of noise, toxic voices is what I like to call them around her. So we weren't talking the time of her passing. So that was very difficult. And it's been something that weighed heavy on me, but through prayer and the support of my siblings, which I'm the eldest of five, have helped me just move forward and honor her legacy and be the best person, the best version of myself um, that I can be for myself and also for the people that follow me and of course my siblings. So that's just a little bit, I, I have, I'm a singer, I am an author, um, and I also have my own show. It's called Lo Mejor De Ti. So it's kind of a makeover show, but it starts more in your heart. Mm. It's a transformation show starting in the heart out. So you do get your hair done and look pretty, but we speak to a life coach and we just kind of dig in deep, you know, for, for the actual, you know, for the long-term change, should I say. Okay, so this podcast could be about four hours long with what you just told us. Because <laughs> like, I know. Sis, I was like, where do I start? What do I say? I just, whatever came to my mind, I said it. So I don't even, okay. So like I have so many questions just about how you have been able to seemingly channel traumatic, painful experiences into purpose. But then like, I also want to understand how do you honor the legacy of someone who disappointed you. I think I want to go there because mm -hmm. okay. a lot of people have um, strained relationships with their parents. And yet you had a strained relationship with your mom, but you're also honoring her legacy. What type of work perspective shifts did you have to do in order to go from seeing her through the lens of how she may have disappointed you in her role as a mother, but still honor who mm -hmm. she is and the gifts and talents she had as a woman? It has definitely been a journey. It wasn't easy. Um, her and I were 15 years apart, so we grew okay. up together. We were like sisters. Sometimes I felt like her mother. Yeah. I felt like the responsible one. And since she had me so young, I was the one that had to take care of my siblings. And um, I sometimes grew a little bit of resentment towards her. But now that she's not here and I went through the healing process of being upset, of obviously being sad, missing her, and then surviving and saying, I have to be strong for my siblings. I need to be an example to the world that, yes, I've been through this, but I'm not a victim of my past. I am not a victim of what has happened to me. I have to get up and I have to honor my mother and show the world that she did raise because she's a single mother. She was a single mother raised a strong woman and that's the best way that I can honor her. And the crazy thing, I was disinherited. So I worked for her up until I was 26. I did everything. I was, I, I, I would, I would always say she was the, I, uh, the husband that would go out and work and the motor of the family. And I was the wife that mm. stayed at home and took care of my siblings and paid the bills and helped her with the businesses. So when that happened, I think it was just a time of realization that I said, okay, Everything, it might sound cliche, but everything does happen for a reason. And she prepared me my entire life for this moment 
when she passed and I just started thinking and I, for a long time, I think all of 2013, I was so upset with her. I was just like, why, you know, and I did question God many times. And, um, but that helped me grow and understand that, you know what, everything does happen for a reason. And I have to take my pain and turn it into something positive and just embrace that and not feel sorry for myself or, you know, it's just learning that, this happened to me because I need to be an example. And that has honestly helped me so much to say, I need to be vulnerable enough and transparent enough and use my platform and everything that I do to help others and to be some type of inspiration to other women that perhaps still have difficulty being open about whether it be an issue that like my mom, what what happened between my mom and I was, was bad, you know, and I could just stay quiet and not talk about it, or I can just be brutally honest and help others, you know? That's so good. I feel like there is such a fine line between transparency and vulnerability. And a lot of times we Mm -hmm. share our story and we're being transparent, but vulnerability is when we're like sharing those wounds, those areas that aren't yet healed. And I'm wondering, because Mm -hmm. when you're speaking, I just see so much resilience. I see so much strength down on the inside of you. But also I feel like there's probably this part of yourself that you've had to repair that you've had to have vulnerability. How do you balance the healthy side of I need to be strong and that strength has produced results in my life versus the reality of I can't be strong all the time. This time I'm actually hurting without allowing it to take away from who you have built yourself up to be uh, for other people. What has helped me the most is knowing we all have bad moments it's a bad moment. It's not a bad life. It's not a bad, does it have to become one day? doesn't have to become a week. I just, when I'm sad, I also tell my followers or I tell my family or whoever's around me, Hey, I'm not having a good day. I'm not feeling good. And I, I feel those feelings. And I know that what I need the most in that moment is prayer where I could just say, I'm feeling it. I accept it. This is not happening to me. It's happening for me. So what am I going to learn from this? And I just embrace it really. And I don't, I do my best not to allow it to go on for too long, mm. you know, um, because that's, you could just get deeper and deeper into a dark hole. And that's where I'm like, you know what? No, it's okay. It's going to be okay. I literally have to give myself, you know, therapy and counseling yeah. um, and say it out loud. It's going to be fine, you know, um, so that it doesn't affect everything else, you know, because, I think what's important is knowing your purpose. Like what's your mission in this, in this world? What do you want to accomplish? You know, and always having that as the focal point and not allowing everything else around us, um, you know, uh, bleed into that too much, you know? Tell me about your introduction to faith. It seems like that's just a core staple of who you are. Who introduced you to faith? What was it like for you growing up? Is it new? Like how did your faith journey begin? Um, it has been a part of my life since I was little. Mm-hmm. Um, I always heard my grandparents, I grew up with my grandparents talking about God and, um, my dad was very Catholic and then my mom's family was very Christian. So I was always going to church, whether it be Catholic or Christian. And then something's happened at church that disappointed me for a long time. And that's when I learned that I was focusing on the man. Mm. You were the person that was preaching and not God. So I learned that and I'm very spiritual. And I just feel like, you know, faith is 
it's yeah, it's it's not tangible. It's something you can't see, you can't smell. It's something that I can't even explain. I just know that there is something stronger than I am, and I know that just being I'm here for a reason. You know, I have a purpose, and that really does help me. There are times when things happen where you're like, you question it, and you're like, okay, why? But I try my best not to. Ever since 2013, when everything happened with my mom, I try my best not to question and just say, okay. Instead of thinking, why is this happening to me? Why, why, why? It's just, okay, there's a reason. And this is happening for me, for 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 growth. And growing isn't always, it's very, very uncomfortable. It is very <laughs> uncomfortable. I, yeah, <laughs> very. <laughs> yes. As a member of a growing team, speed and alignment help us process, clarify, and manage multiple projects at one time. Notion is a hub that provides one central and customizable workplace. You can tailor it to fit any team. It's for companies of all sizes. Notion eliminates the need to organize on one platform and project manage on another. It is easy to use and so beautifully designed that everyone will want to use it. Learn more and get started for free at notion.so. You can check it out on your own and invite as many folks as you want to see how it works. With powerful integrations and seamless navigation, you'll have everything you need in one spot so you can make speed your advantage. Find out how Notion may be the missing piece your team needs. Take the first step towards an organized, happy team today. Again, at Notion.so. I love the way you you mentioned your dad and how your dad, you know, played a role in part of your introduction into faith. And then you shared with us mm-hmm. earlier, obviously, that he's incarcerated and that you experienced sexual abuse. If you don't mind, can you let us into um, the healing process where you are on that journey of coming to terms with this violation that you experienced at the hands of someone who was meant to protect you. And I just think it's so beautiful that you've been able to preserve faith in those circumstances because so many people can't do it. They can't even mention the person's name or think about them. And yet it seems as if, you know, you've been able to reconcile it in such a way that it doesn't have shame connected to it. Or are you just speaking through the shame? Mm -hmm. You know, I have to thank my mom for that because for a long time I was ashamed and it was something that I, when we went to court and we were on trial for an entire year, I had to relive those moments. My dad was on the run for 10 years. So it happened to me. He, he molested me the first time I remember I was eight years old, eight to 12 years old. And I never said anything. I was afraid. Of course, they tell you certain things to keep you afraid. And I never told my mom because I knew my mom's I always had a very, very strong personality. I said, my mom is going to kill him and I'm going to be parentless. You know, I thought he's going to be in jail. My mom's, uh, he's going to be dead. My mom's going to be in jail. And I just would do so many things. And he said he would send me away to my grandma. So I didn't really like his mom too much. <laughs> so I was scared and I never said anything. But um, when so when my mom found out and I was 12, he ran for 10 years. So when we were going through court and everything, I remember telling her why we're fine. Like, just let him go. He has a family, he has a new daughter, he has a wife. Like maybe he's changed. She said, no, you deserve justice. And um, I'm going to help you do that. And she never, the moment that my mother found out, she believed me right away. She didn't question me. She took me to the doctor into the hospital and they checked me. 
but she never questioned it. She said, okay, this happened, but you cannot feel sorry for yourself. That's where I got it from. Like, you're not going to feel sorry for yourself. And she never treated me differently. If anything, she said, you have to be strong and not going to, you're not going to use that as an excuse to not do well in school. So I really thank my mom for that. And just going to church and, um, listening to my mom it's it, as well as it, I never had not an ounce of resentment towards my father ever. I think when my mom and I had a falling out, I was more upset with my mom, believe it or not, than my dad. I felt like maybe he's sick. I'm not excusing what he did because it wasn't right, but I just felt it's okay. Like, even if he's never going to accept it, he hasn't till this day or apologize to me. If I want to be forgiven, if I, if I want to be okay, I have to, release that and let that go and not carry that my entire life. And just, I've talked to him a couple of times, actually the day I got, I got married was the last day I talked to him. I spoke to him on the phone and he prayed for me because now he's very Christian and he actually does um, prayer groups and Bible studies at in jail. So I believe people can change. He's never said sorry yet. So I I'm waiting for that. To be honest, I would like that in yeah. order to pursue a relationship with him but I have my mom to thank for that. She really just instilled not feeling sorry for myself and forgiving him and just un- trying to understand maybe he's sick. Maybe it was done to him. I don't know. But yeah, I have chills hearing your story because like the, your dad is praying with you. Your mom showed up for you in a way that every mother should when she hears this um, type of news from her child. And I don't know. It's just the way that it seems like you have recovered. Like, I feel like I have gotten stuck on things that are so much smaller than what you have gone through. And yet you have all of these things that have happened and it feels like you have just become so resilient. Has there ever been something that you've gone through where you didn't feel like you could tap into the strength that you are showing today? Like, in a relationship, maybe I know you mentioned you're going through a divorce. Like, what do you do when mm-hmm. you've been strong your whole life, but you run into something that feels like it zapped your strength? My, getting married and having to get divorced, I think that even makes me still emotional thinking about it because I got married kind of knowing maybe he's not ready. He's not, but I'm like, maybe I can help him be ready. And I should have listened to that instinct. And that gut feeling that told me that, and we weren't even married for a year and things just got really, really bad. And I think when I had to make the decision, I think it was the most difficult decision was still being in love with him and having to let him go because I knew that he wasn't the man for me. That was the hardest decision because when you're no longer in love with someone attracted to them, um, or they cheat on you, sometimes it's easier to say, okay, um, I'm letting you go and you, you get angry, but I was so sad. I was just so devastated. I fell to my knees. I, I want to say I went through, this was just last year, November, December, and January, 2020, um, sorry, January, 21, 2021, I'm sorry, that I was depressed. And I just really felt like I can't get up. I, why, why? Like, but it also helped me again during that time. I didn't see it. I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Thank God. I always held on to my faith and I, I reached out to my mentors and but it was just such such a rough time for me. Do you feel like because um, 
I feel I've been through a divorce too. And even though I had reason to get divorced, like biblical reason, right? The person cheated. And to your point, like it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to get divorced when you have that reason to hold on to. And yet I also realized mm-hmm. that even though that was like his fault, there was still like this role mm-hmm. that I played in trying to curate an image of wholeness, even though I wasn't necessarily whole or trying to like have this white picket fence to change this mm-hmm. narrative of like, you know, the girl who was wilding out finally lands into this perfect little marriage. And so like I was able to, you know, through a lot of work, identify like why I got married in the first place. What is it that you think mm-hmm. like led you to marry someone or maybe even compromise? on the idea of like, you know, this person isn't ready, but maybe I can get them ready. Like, okay, and I'm gonna let you answer the question, but I'm gonna also say this. (laughs) You strike me as someone who feels like I can stand up to anything. And so maybe the idea of, look look at me answering your question. That's so rude, but here I am. No, it's okay. That's a good thing. You feel me? Like you could see. I do, yeah. But that's the problem with being so strong is that you be feeling like I can handle anything and like, yeah, we'll get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can fix it. And when you've had success doing that, like what is an obstacle to someone who's gone through all of this stuff until you run into something that like humbles you down? But answer your own question and let me shut up. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. I I think it was just that, like I can fix him. I want to fix him. I am for a long time. I was a person that needed to be needed. I like, I liked feeling that, that, you know, and, and I think I was always the fixer in my relationship where I was like, okay, it's okay. I'll help you. And I was always the better one. You could Mm -hmm. say quote unquote, but, um, I just, I, I kind of drove off of that feeling of just, I want to fix you. And I'm like, I'm done with that. I want someone that is willing to be the best version of themselves. And I am too. And we come together, not I pull you. And I felt like I was pulling him but I was okay with that because I felt I was in control. Like yeah. I felt like this is something I have a little bit of control over, but it was also suffocating him as well. And I didn't know that until after when you step back and you're like, okay, what can I change in my relationship or moving forward so I don't do this again and I don't follow and keep doing the same thing, you know, the same pattern. But I, I am that type of person. I'm like, you know, like you said, like I, I'll step up to anything. I'm like, I'll, I'll figure it out because that was all I've ever known. Figure it out, figure it out my whole life. Mm. And that's what I did when I got married. I knew the day that I got married. I cried the day in the shower so bad. And I said, I should not do this. But I also felt the pressure of the world is expecting it. I've paid much money. I got to do it. But I knew this is not the right decision for me. And it's crazy because when my mom got married, I told her the same thing. You know, I said, mom, I know you're not in love with this person you're still in love with your ex and you should not get married. I told her that two weeks before she says, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And I already have everybody waiting. I have a party. I, I can't. So it's crazy. Cause I criticized that. Wow. And then I did the same thing. So that's why I was like, quiet. Don't ever criticize people or judge anyone. Cause I did the same exact thing. It was and I learned my lesson. <laughs> I could talk to you like I want to take notes while you're talking so that we can like circle back on so oh. many things. What do you think makes us fixers? How do we become the type of people who feel like I can fix anything? Is it a response to our own brokenness? Because I'm very much so like that. Like I tell I would tell people this all the time. Like I have an unhealthy 
perspective that makes me feel like I can sign up for in, like anything. Like I always use this example. Like if someone mm-hmm. told me like there is no way you could like take this television apart and put it back together, I would be like, grab my sweatpants. I'll do it right now. Like I'm trying to prove <laughs> stuff that like doesn't even matter because like you're not going to tell me yes. I can't do it. What? Why? Why are we this way? Mm-hmm. You know, well, I can relate. For me, it's you push me up against the corner. I, I'm gonna push you back. I'm like, uh, I don't like that feeling. But I think that for a long time, I was looking for broken men or broken people in my life because I was also broken yeah. within, where I wasn't, I wasn't taking the time to heal myself. So I wanted to ignore that part, whether it be mentally or emotionally ignore that and just kind of push it to the side or, you know, brush it under the, the, the rug so that I, I could just ignore me and then just focus on that person. Yeah. And it just, it drove me and it kept me going for so long mm. until I was hit with this. Obviously miss you think my mom was, was tough, but I also had my siblings that I was like, I can't, I can't be weak. I gotta, gotta keep going. I gotta be strong. But what really threw me to my knees and it was hard to get up was my divorce. And that's where I was like, okay, I need to doing this. I need to just allow people to heal themselves and, or us heal each other, not me healing, healing. Like I can't carry you. That's just, I can't. And we shouldn't carry anyone. It, it, we're, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel we're supposed to guide people and really work, work on ourselves. I mean, this, it's already hard in, like, in itself, like having to work on ourselves, you know? So having to carry someone else, that's a lot. But now I think I've, I've learned that. And I realized that through therapy, I do therapy and through life coaching. Yeah. I had a little bit of a problem. <laughs> we, I have yeah. had that problem too, girl. You're not in it by yourself. I think that when we are, when we become fixers by nature, especially when we are in relationships where we feel a sense of responsibility for fixing the other person, for me, at least, it was a response to me wanting something that felt easier to fix than addressing my own issues. It's almost like I need a mm-hmm. poison that is more intoxicating than the one that's in my own veins to focus on so that I don't have oh to feel God. the wounds of what's inside of me. That's that's it for me. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I need to, I need a Same distraction. Here. You know what I mean? Like I need and, mm-hmm. and in a way that becomes our addiction, right? Is like trying to drown out our own pain and trauma. But I feel like I'm finally coming to a place. Obviously, I'm in a healthy relationship. Well, maybe not obviously because you never know what's happening behind closed doors. But I am in a healthy marriage mm-hmm. now. And I am finally coming to a place where I can accept that like not every problem is my responsibility to fix and that Mm -hmm. it is okay to not be broken anymore like and that sounds so silly because like we should we're all stretching for healing right but what if we have these pockets in our lives where we are able to accept like right now I am completely content and satisfied with who I am and I don't need to constantly see myself as this broken little toy that no one wants to play with and I feel like there's healing in that too because there's so much pressure to always grow change and boss up and that's that but like at the end of the day to be at peace with who you are is a gift absolutely feel just for a moment okay i'm content i think we're usually just chasing the more the more you know it's the rat race of life what you call it you know and and yeah like i'm completely i'm with you i i I totally feel the same way where it's 
for a long time, I felt like I had to be going through something in order to feel like I'm living, in order to feel like I'm yes. going to be able to level up. And I'm, I don't want that. I'm like, no, I deserve to be happy. I'm worthy of happiness, of peace. For so long, it's, no, there has to be some type of drama in my life because that's how I know that, you know, that I don't know if, I don't, I don't know exactly how to put it into words, but I understand, like, you know, maybe worth living. I felt, you know, okay, it has to be something. Do you think making me sad? Okay. Do you think because as women of color, culturally, I feel like Mm -hmm. as a black woman, I want to hear your experience that like within our culture, there's a pressure to constantly perform and pursue because you're coming from behind, right? Like because you're working Mm -hmm. from behind, you have to work 10 times harder, 15 times harder if you add a woman on top of that. And because everything in the culture is constantly telling us you have to work hard, it does feel like there is no place for us to just say, I'm fine with who I am. I've accomplished a lot and that's great. I still have dreams, but if it doesn't happen, that's okay. Like, I just want to have peace. Mm -hmm. Like, my number one goal is to have peace. And I think it's in the culture of our, you know, I think as people of color, I think I've never been white before, Mm -hmm. so it might be in white culture. I don't know. But it feels Uh like it's within the culture to constantly be pursuing and, like, performing for the sake of your whole community. Oh, yes, absolutely. And that is a generational curse that I am doing my best to to break because I saw it in my grandmother and I always asked like for so long I felt that pressure and yeah. my grandpa did this to my mother and my mom always felt like it's five in the morning I gotta get up I gotta be doing things why are you still asleep it's eight o'clock and I just always felt like oh yeah, yeah, yeah I can't just rest and my mom didn't know how to rest. She was a hardworking woman. I admire her, but there are certain things that I'm like, I want to change moving forward. Like it's okay to have a rest day. Yeah. I mean, even Jesus, I mean, you know, God did it on (laughs) on Sunday, you know? And I'm like, wait a second, that says something like my mom, my grandpa still works right now and he doesn't know how to take a vacation. My mom was the same way. And I always felt like, you know, that pressure of more and more, I have to do more. And it's like, Hey guys, exactly what you said. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm good. I don't need to feel like I have to do something or I should do something because that's what they expect of me. Yeah. It's this is my journey. This is my life. I'm gonna go at my pace, you know. Um, and I I finally just it clicked two years ago where I'm like, wait, I'm off. I need to be off in January because I need some time to recoup and recharge my batteries. And if not, I'm going to break down. And then what are we gonna do? You know. But absolutely, I think it is a culture thing, a cultural thing, and in my family, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I be like, I don't know. I don't know that I know any older black people who are like retired. Like, I only know black mm-hmm. people who are like my my spiritual grandfather, both of my biological grandfathers did that when I was born. But um, the guy who is basically my grandfather, he's like 80 in his 80s and he's still preaching every Sunday like I don't know black people who retire <laughs> this whole idea of like we going to Florida to retire and play golf I don't know retired black people mm-hmm. oh my goodness yes I totally I'm going totally, to be the first black retired <laughs> I'm going to be the first <laughs> retired black I'm doing it for yeah. the community <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that's what I say. I'm like, I want to be retired at a certain age where it's like, okay, I'm working for that. And then I could just do whatever I want, like buy a little house somewhere. I don't know. But 
I'm telling you, my grandpa's what, 75 and that guy's still doing concerts and doing meet and greets. And he's so up to date with social media. I'm just like, can you just sit down and be a grandpa? Yeah, I don't want to go from like working into the grave. Like I would like to have a little buffer in between where I get to like sit back and look at these things. So that's (laughs) me and you, that's our goal. I love how carbs can make everything all right. Need a break, but no time for a vacation? Eat carbs. Celebrating exciting news? Eat carbs. But you know who doesn't love carbs as much as I do? My waistline. For years, giving up carbs has been difficult, but with the help of Noom, my relationship with carbs has gotten better. Noom uses a psychology-based approach to help us change our mindset for good without demanding a whole new lifestyle. I like how easy the Noom app is to use and how the program is customized to my personal personal goals. Join me and start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash evolve. That's n-o-o-m.com slash evolve. Take the stress out of evolving your health and become empowered with Noom and their cognitive behavioral approach, focusing on the why instead of the what as you change your relationship with food. You don't even have to make a drastic change to your lifestyle and all you need is 10 minutes a day. Start your trial today at Noom.com slash evolve. We have an um, advice question to answer, okay? Uh, the delegation, they send us these questions because they need help getting their life and they think that we have a little bit of our life so maybe we can help them get the rest of theirs. And I don't know if we can or not, but we're going to ask and see what happens, okay? (laughs) So the question is, how do I overcome the thought of not being saved? I mean, most of the times I fear that maybe I am not saved. So please help me on how to overcome such thoughts. Mm, Oh my goodness. You got me there. Okay, well, I I feel like when they, they are we talking about going to, going to heaven saved or good right? qu- good question <laughs> good question because <laughs> I'm like wait a second right like saved, saved like way, saved different ways. Um, well, you know what? First of all, this question is really short. And I just want you all to know that when y'all send me these questions, I want the whole backstory. I want to know when you <laughs> when you got saved. I want to know when you was drowning. Because, look, we confused. We don't know. Um, I guess, like, mm-hmm. how do I know? Maybe she's like, how do I know, like, I'm really in relationship with God? Maybe, you know? How do mm-hmm. I know? I've Yeah. I, you know what? What I would say is I it's a, it's a daily thing. It's not something like it's every day. It's an everyday kind of check in where it's like, am I living my life with good intentions? Yeah. Did I wake up today? For me, it is super important. And I've noticed a difference that when I don't either get on my knees or connect with God, the first thing I do in the morning my day is not the same. If I pick up my phone and I'm on Instagram and checking my emails, I have a hectic day. But if I just don't touch my phone and I'm like, okay, God, thank you so much for this day. All right, cool. Like, I feel like you got to start and end your day that way. And in between, talk to him and just thank him and talk to him like a person, you know, yeah. could be him or her or whatever. I think God, for me, God is a him. Um, but anyways, um, and be living with, with good intentions. I feel like if you are out living your life, not trying to harm anyone, hurt anybody. You're trying to do better, doing acts of kindness. I feel like that's why wouldn't you be saved? You know what I mean? Like I call myself a spiritual gangster because I like to listen to crazy music. I cuss (laughs) here and there. I drink, 
I twerk, but I'm like, God still loves me. He does. For so long. Twerkers for Jesus. Yeah, for so yeah. <laughs> yes, workers for Jeezy, because for a long time I was raised where it's like, no, you can't dance. You can't do certain things. And I always felt that way. But now I'm like, hey, God loves me the way that I am. Like, I'm not perfect, but I do my very best every single day to be the best version of myself. And I'm like, if I were to pass right now, would I go to heaven? I asked myself that time and time again. I'm like, yeah, I feel good. I feel like I'm doing all right. Like I, I'm a check in, you know, and I think that's important. It's a daily thing. I think every day you got to choose God the way you choose your partner. You got to choose God and choose to do good. I feel that's so good. That's personal. I don't know. No, I'm (laughs) going to, I, I, everything that you said, I can remember growing up in church in high school and college, like whenever they would do this, you know, if anyone in here wants to give their life to Jesus, repeat after me. And I would be repeating every Sunday because your girl was not sure. I was like, let me just go and slide (laughs) in one. I know I did it last week. I'm going to slide in one again because, you know, Monday through Saturday, I was out here unsure. So if God let me see another Sunday, I would just rededicate (laughs) my life. So I don't know about y'all, but I'm super saved, like more saved than any of you all because I didn't say that prayer about a hundred times. But um, I do think that what you said is so true, though, because at the end of the day, I had to say that prayer every Sunday because I did not incorporate having a relationship with God into my life. And I wasn't living a life Mm -hmm. of conviction. And I wasn't praying that the Holy Spirit would gift me with how to make decisions and how to change my life and to lead Mm -hmm. me into God's identity. So I would say if you're questioning whether or not you are saved, then I think what you're ultimately saying is, how do I know I am in relationship with God? Reading the Bible is a beautiful Mm -hmm. place to start in your relationship with God because it helps you to understand the history of God. But when you close the Bible, your relationship with God begins from that point. It does. It's not all within the Bible. It's how you walk out what you received about the character of God. When you understand God's character and God's character becomes important to you, you allow God's character to challenge your character and convict you and change the way mm-hmm. you show up and you share in his joy and you share in what's important to God. And all of those yeah. things make you feel connected to God. So I think what you really need is less assurance that you are saved and more peace that you are walking your life out with God and the Holy Spirit in mind. Oh my goodness, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, it's perfect. I always like to say uh, God lives in us as us. There's a little bit of God in all of us. So it's just knowing like, you know what I mean? Like taking that, like, like, you know, like Pastor Sarah said, like whatever it is that you read, the verse or whatnot, to bringing that that out and showing it. Yeah. What's the word? You know, like sharing it. There you go. Sharing it with the world. (laughs) By example. You are a gift. I'm so glad that you are sharing you with the world because I feel just so much better just being connected with you. Your light is definitely shining so brightly. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for surviving. Thank you for making it look easy in moments when I know it hasn't been. Your life has added so much value, not just to mine, but I know to every woman listening. So I can't wait to just stay connected, plugged in and see how you continue to change the world. Oh, thank you so much. Honestly, I appreciate it. Such a pleasure being here and being, being able to speak to you. And I watch you and you are definitely someone that I admire and you inspire me. So thank you for allowing me to be here on Women Evolve. I, I, honestly, I feel so happy. Yeah, I feel <laughs> happy you. too. We're going to do work together. So I look forward to it. Yes. Okay. Yay, Take you. care. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. 
Cheekies did what needed to be done and we love her for it. Are you smiling like I am? Because it was the energy for me. Sis, I want to thank you so much for holding it down for the delegation. This is when I'd normally ask y'all to keep sending advice questions or to throw your name in the ring to be my co-host. So yeah, that was me asking again. Send us an email to podcast at womanevolve.com and let's put it on for the kingdom together. Can't wait.